Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Make sure you start your day the right way. That's with a drink from Strange Brew Coffeehouse. It's the only way to get a day started when you live here in Starkville. Head over to Highway 12 or University Drive, two locations to serve you. And, of course, you're in Tupelo. There's always Brupolo. Great drinks, great service, great people at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. There's still plenty of national championship gear to be bought at College Corner. You haven't gotten any yet? Well, I don't know what you're doing. And if you have gotten some, well, you need some more. You can't have enough national championship gear from Mississippi State. So head over to collegecornerstore.com or check out their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And pick up some national championship gear from College Corner. Humble Taco is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics turned into uh, Mexican favorites. Incredible stuff. A unique menu of stuff you can't find anywhere else. Not just in Starville, but anywhere in the state. There's not another Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco around. So if you haven't already, check them out next time you are up here. If you have been up there, then you know what I'm talking about. And you probably can't wait to get back to Humble Taco. We don't normally start the show with a song, but... All right, MSU adds to its 2022 class this weekend. Big camp this weekend. The the top dog, elite dog, super fun, fantastic uh, crowd camp. I don't know what to call it. Uh, but RJ, Summer Slam. It was called. That's right. They were doing a lot of Summer Slam. Summer Slam was the was the barbecue yeah. at night. Uh, the cookout. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a well. There was barbecue there, so I guess we can call this a barbecue. Mm-hmm. I don't like when people call it a, like cooking hamburgers and stuff a barbecue. That's it's a cookout. That's a cookout. But the the it was two separate things. You had the camp in the morning mm-hmm. and then the summer slam at nighttime. Right. So hopefully Did, someone someone cut a Ultimate Warrior I was Macho Man like, uh, like, promo. asking you know where's Coach Leach and then you hear duh. <laughs> dun, dun, and he just sprints out of the park practice facility. That would be hilarious. And he beats uh, he beats uh, Jeff Phelps in, in two minutes, like yeah, like yeah. honky tonk. Exactly. Man got, I don't okay. think Jeff Phelps is the best honky. T- Spurrier would be more of the honky tonk man. Okay. Well, we could add Spotlight Cafe versus Jeff Phelps. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Anyway, MSU picks up a commitment from that defensive lineman out of Biloxi, Mississippi. You know, you don't see a lot of Biloxi kids making making ways, but R.J. Moss is one of the top prospects in the state this year. The coast especially, like, I, I, I kind of expect the coast to be a little more prevalent than it is in football, but you don't really see a whole lot of the coast. Pascagoula, you, you've seen them a lot in the past. 
Um, other Ocean, than that, Ocean uh, Springs has had some guys here and there, but, but even Biloxi, like teams, Gulfport, like you don't Harris, ever, you don't hardly ever see teams yeah. like in and, the and mix. That, it's something you know. We talked a little bit about this last week on Sports Talk Mississippi when I had Stephen Gagliano on. You know, you look at the way the Memphis area, the DeSoto County area, has sort of exploded, and those teams are getting better and better. But the coast has always had the population and never really had the dominant. Like you said, Pascagoula was really good back in the day when they had Shane Matthews and Terrell Buckley and those guys. Yeah. That's, that's going back a ways, you know. I mean, I guess you could say Moss Point is near they, that. They area. had some good teams. Like a few years ago, they were in state championships. I think they beat Starville one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've, they've had some recent success. Yeah. But you don't see Ocean Springs in there much. Harrison Central. You don't see Harrison Central, Gulf, Biloxi. Gulfport. Gulfport is a, a team you would think would, you know, year in, year out, they could compete. But they, they, they just, you know, for whatever reason, have not been great through the years. Yeah. Um, but R.J. Moss is a great player. Uh, three-star prospect on the 24-7 uh, composite. Picked MSU over a, a pretty good slew of offers, uh, including Arkansas, Baylor, uh, Ole Miss, uh, look, just look going down the list here. His he put out his official offers this morning, and some of the ones he he threw out there was Baylor, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yeah. So, uh, I think it really came down to Baylor, Ole Miss, and State. Yeah. And so State gets that commitment, 16th commitment of, on the year uh, for the Bulldogs class, now ranked 26 nationally. Uh, still no four star guys, but I mean a, a bevy of guys that with a good senior season. State has about. Seven or eight guys here, it looks like, that with a good senior season are going to be four-star players. You know, a good Hopefully. senior season and then, you know, all-star games and things of that nature. that uh, They should bump on up. Hopefully, um, because what, a lot of those guys, when they got their, when they got their uh, rankings from ESPN, mm-hmm. immediately went from four-star to three-star. That's, and that's, yeah, that's the case for uh, Don Terry Russell. Uh, that was the case for Lucas Taylor, I believe, and a couple of others. Um MSU's recruiting is sort of interesting right now. We've talked about it a lot over the past couple of weeks, but first and foremost, the DB situation here is going to look very different by the end of the season. You've got some guys committed to this team right now that will not be committed to this team uh, come December. Uh, guys, A guy like Jeterius Elam, a guy like Tyler Woodard, neither of which came to camp this week. It feels like the writing's on the wall for them that they won't be part of this 2022 class. I don't know what the what the issue is there, but I'll tell you what. i tell you what you feel good about. Last year, Mississippi State didn't have backup plans in mm-hmm. place. They have a ton of them. Yeah, this it year. really feels I like mean, it, it feels like every week we have a new defensive back mm-hmm. guy pop up in the, on, on, on 247 and Paul and those guys talking about him. So State's going to have guys in place, and they need to because I think, you know, some of those guys – are going to be either adjusted out of the class possibly mm-hmm. or they are potential flip guys somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. when I see – sometimes when I see – I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes when I see some of these players with multiple offers from out of state, when they commit early in the process, mm-hmm. I just assume that – They won't be there. That, that they're not going to be there. A lot of those guys, if they do come to school, it's because they weren't good enough to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's just it's I don't really put put those guys in the hundred percent category. I think Jordan Thomas is is a player that that's going to be tough to hang on. He and he and Kylan Griffin both from the same school. I think they're a package deal. Mm-hmm. So if one of them goes, I think the other one's going too. Uh, and those are guys to watch. They, they, both of them can get an offer, right? If they if if they get an offer from Auburn, get mm-hmm. a real good push from Auburn or something like that. 
So you have to have these players in place. DeCarlos Nicholson has really blown up. He's the lowest-rated player in state's class, and he just picked up offers from Kentucky, Florida State, Baylor. He's getting Power 5 offers every week. He's the lowest-rated player in state's class. I think that, that has to do with the fact that he hasn't played corner yet. Yeah, but so, I, but people are obviously – Oh, when he goes to the camp the and they can see it. Yeah, well, coaches yeah. can see it, but, you know – these guys who do the ratings for 24-7 such, they're going to want to see some film. They're going to see them against. But, you know, I my experience with junior college football players, mm-hmm. I don't know how much more he's going to get evaluated. Yeah. They just kind of are forgotten or forgotten group. I think back to Montez Sweat. He pretty much stayed where he was. Mm-hmm. And he, he, had like, he had like 10 sacks or something. He blew up at Colin. Yeah. And people, ne- people never knew the offers that he really had, really and truly had. Mm-hmm. Because um, you he know he was early, he was committed, and, was and, and 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 also they protected him over there, which yeah. junior college coaches will do. Mm-hmm. But well, the, I, that Gulf Coast doesn't have the best track record for Mississippi State, right? Recently, that's true. Yeah, they they seem to be they seem to operate much differently than than Glenn Davis does at, mm-hmm. at Colin. But um, it's just I, I I don't know how much more he's going to be evaluated. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, the defensive back situation is a good one for Mississippi State. They have um, several guys kind of waiting in the wings that worked out this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to speak like I was there because Paul and Gene were both there and they know more than I do. I'm just kind of reiterating what they've said on our message board, which, by the way, if you're not over there, you need to be because that's the only place you're going to find out this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, one of the guys that they really blew up over the weekend was Jave Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, who's a linebacker from Louisiana. Who, man, if they get that kid, look at that linebacker room all of a sudden. Yeah, and, and Stone Blanton expecting Stone Blanton to come in. Yeah, I mean, so there's been so much doom and gloom about Mississippi State recruiting over the last few weeks. The reality of the situation is they're in a, they're in a pretty good spot, especially mm-hmm. now that they got an R.J. Moss. At a position of need, they they need to kind yeah. of start getting some momentum on the defensive line, and especially in the in state. Now that they got R.J. Moss, I feel like they're they're really kind of steady right now. There, there's some pieces that they need to continue to add to this group, but I really like this defensive uh, it, group they're building. It really feels like the only two guys I would guarantee that are committed to Mississippi State as a DB that will be there in the end are Wesley Miller and uh, Trent Singleton. Yeah, I think everybody else is sort of. Up in the air, yeah. And you mentioned the new the new faces, guys. Their names are Audavian Collins, uh, Donovan Johnson, and uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Lorenzel Dubose. Yeah, those are the three guys that are sort of to watch right now. So, could be some some ebb and flow there for sure. I think, and I think Audavian Collins is getting close to announcing. I believe that's correct. Yeah, cornerback and it's Paul between and Steve have both got crystal balls on. Yeah, him. it's between State and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And it really is trending Mississippi State's way, so they have a chance to go on a little bit of a, a run here with, with Collins and possibly Gilmore on, on Monday. We're mm-hmm. expecting him to make the call on Monday, and uh, just picked up R.J. Moss. So I think the reason you, you mentioned that it feels like you know the, the momentum is against Mississippi State is they've lost two guys. Well, I, would, I can't say they lost two guys. They, they lost Xavier Harris. And that's a guy that everybody was expecting to commit to Mississippi State. And it feels like things are trending towards Ole Miss for Bryson Hurst. That's a guy that a few weeks ago, after the first round of camps, they said, look, if his mom had been here today, Mississippi State probably would already have him. Now it feels like that they've lost that and he's headed towards towards Oxford. So when you have guys that, you know, you've been building up, you know, and then that's no fault of you or Steve or Paul. You just go with, you know, you take where the tea leaves give you. 
But when you build up a guy like, okay, this is the guy and he's going to be a bulldog, and then all of a sudden it shifts on you, you know, it's easy to feel like we're, we're losing momentum. It's easy to feel that way. I think that state right now, I mean, this class is still about where it's going to be. It's in it's twenty sixth. Uh, when Gilmore comes in tomorrow, if that if that does occur, it'll jump up to like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, um, that's where they're going to end up. You know, in the twenty one to twenty nine kind of range. We go we go through this cycle every single year too, mm-hmm. like with Mississippi State recruiting, Ole Miss recruiting. Everybody is is kind of clamoring for the the hype that Ole Miss is recruiting class gets and you know, Mississippi State's always fighting for their kids late in the process trying to fight everybody off and things like that that's how it's been my entire life and I, I don't think it's going to end we've I've seen Jackie Sherrill Sylvester Croom Dan Mullen Joe Moorhead and now Mike Leach I've followed recruiting and all those coaches and every single coach has had the same thing going on in recruiting it's a it's a culture thing for both Mississippi State and Ole Miss Ole Miss likes the hype of it Mississippi State likes to get those guys on board mostly early in the process, and they're pretty much hanging on for them late. It's just how things go, and the, Mississippi State's going to lose their in-state guys. They're going to get their guys, too. And they're almost always going to be somewhere between 25 and 32. Yeah, Ole Miss is going to be a much wider range. One year they might be top 15, and one year they might be 35. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's kind of ebbs and flows a little more. But the results almost stay the same on the field. And in the rivalry, it's pretty much split over the last 25 years. I think State's 14-11 and 11 or something like that. It's, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter you know, what really happens on, on the recruiting trail. Everything kind of stays status quo. But it's going to be interesting to see how this, this particular year kind of uh, maps out for Mississippi State. I feel like they're doing a really good job of evaluation. Mm-hmm. I'm especially, I'm really impressed with Matt Brock. Mm-hmm. I think he's had the best evaluations of anybody on the staff. I mean, yeah. look at that linebacker crew mm-hmm. that he's evaluated and brought in. Um, and, and we all knew we all knew about Stone Blanton, but like Khalid Moore, uh, a guy that you know is playing four A or three or I think they're four A at Poplarville football, and, I mean, all you can really go on is is the film, and he saw it right away that Khalid Moore was a playmaker there defensively. Gilmore, those guys that he's he's really kind of – and the special teams guys too. I mean, I think he's done an, a great job. I've been impressed with him. But I, I think in my mind – I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of people critical of the staff, but in my mind they're recruiting much better than I thought they were going to yeah. at this point. And – you know, we'll we'll see how things kind of come Let's, out in the end. But I've been, I I've been a little more impressed than I thought I was going to be with the staff. Another thing that's happened is you know, state. I think this class was ninth like a month ago. Yeah. But as camps have happened, the higher the powers have have filled up their class. Alabama's starting to get commitments. Georgia, LSU, Texas, Texas A and M, they're starting to fill up their classes. You knew they were going to jump ahead because yeah. they're getting the four and five star kids. Um, the only thing, the only concern might not be the right word, but. Only one wide receiver committed at this point, um, and it feels like the Shaz Preston is is the big pipe dream. No, no pun intended when I say that. Uh, who are the, who are the other? They have to get at least one or two other receivers in this class. Who are those guys going to be? Do you think? I just I don't I don't feel like the receiver is that big of a priority in this class. Okay. I mean, look at the guys that like they it brought in. Be, though I guess maybe because it's uh, the Mike Leach offense, it feels like well, they should always be getting two or three guys. I mean, we well, I mean, they they probably will, but. 
you say that, but look at the guys that they're going to have come back next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not losing hardly. They're losing Heath Malik Keith. I mean, Austin Williams has two I more guess years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, he might get his doctorate. I don't know. Uh, he's almost there. The dude graduated in like three years. The kid is a genius. Yeah. Uh, but it just it doesn't seem like it's that big of a priority this time around. I think the biggest priorities for Mississippi State is is the guys up front again, and also defensive back. I, I think that's why you're seeing such a strong push for the defensive backs this class, uh, because last year was, quite frankly, down the stretch was kind of a cluster. Uh, they didn't have many backup plans. They didn't have hardly anybody in place for MJ Daniels when he was gone, and you know they had to scramble and they got Jay Hampton, who had, who's not really a defensive back. He's a converted wide receiver. So I, you know, I look at I look at the class, and in my opinion, it's not as much of a uh, priority as uh, it seems. But yeah, I mean. It's pretty obvious they're they're probably not getting Chaz Preston at this no. point. He, I mean, he hasn't been here since the spring, so you can just about mark him off the list. They're they're still recruiting Larry Simmons pretty heavily. His name pops up a lot for an Ole Miss commitment. He comes he comes around a little bit, and I, I think he's still somewhat open. I I don't I don't really put a lot of stock in that. I I, I think he sticks with Ole Miss, but it's still something to monitor. Um, and beyond that, you know, I don't really, I don't know, I don't know a ton of guys off the top of my head that I feel like, you know, states well, heavily pursuing right now. One thing to remember is, and the states doing it now, and they did it a lot last year, is that names start to pop up. Yeah. So you know, we're going to hear new names throughout the, the year. They're well, gonna, one thing, one thing I'm not concerned about Mississippi State getting is wide receivers. Yeah, under should. Michael Each. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they're highly ranked guys or, or whatever, you feel pretty good about whoever they're bringing into this offense because they've they they haven't always signed highly ranked guys at wide receiver, but they've still had a lot of production. Yeah, it's so. true. It's true. So we'll see how it, how it goes. Like I said, another commitment watch for today with Javay Gilmore. We'll see if he uh, pulls the trigger for Mississippi State. But I feel like we didn't talk enough about. R.J. Moss, that is a really good get yeah. for Mississippi State. I, I think that he's um, a relentless worker up front, and he's great kid and a, just a really good player. Uh, it was a, it was a position of need. It was a player of need, being an in-state guy and getting a little bit of momentum. So I, I think that was it was it was big for Mississippi State to get him on board this weekend. And try to create a little bit of momentum. Yeah, six three two forty five, which means after a year or so in a strength and conditioning program, he's six three and two ninety probably. Yeah. So definitely an interior lineman prospect, good player. And and, uh, and, and if you've been on our board, there's a guy on our board, Jay Moss, who yeah coaches coaches him and has coached a lot of great defensive linemen in our state over the years, and he is he speaks very very highly of him, and I trust his evaluations. I I don't think that he's He's a very biased observer. I think he tell he usually tells it like it is, and he's very high on him, mostly on his character, but also the type of player that he is. He he thinks he's going to be a good one. So we'll see how it all pans out for Mississippi State on the recruiting trail. Like we said, 
this is the time of year where state tends to sort of close up shop on recruiting and yeah. you know they just sort of go through the season and then they pick up what's left. Only 16 commitments right now, maybe 17 by the time you're uh, you're listening to this tomorrow. And the transfer portal changes things That's now true for too. Mississippi State and everybody. You, it's almost like you you want to go ahead and and put two spot two or three spots in in your class just for that. Yeah. You know, just you to, to sign just to have it 22 and right. just have them cuz you know you're going to get them. Yeah, I mean, and, and now that you can transfer right away and play mm-hmm. uh, for your first time, yeah, I mean, you got to have it ready. I agree. I agree. We'll see how that all pans out uh, for the Bulldogs. All right, let's move on over to basketball. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. If you were on Twitter, you saw me cooking some Welcome Home Beef on uh, Saturday at Mississippi Pot Roast. Again, I don't know what's Mississippi about it. I just know that it's really good. What's- was it was it better than what we had at the Super Talk tailgate? Because that was really good. When did we had Mississippi pot roast? Yes, I you might not have eaten that. I did. I think I got some of that. I thought. I thought. It, I don't remember to, to to make the comparison. Just know that it was really, really good. Again, I don't get it though. Like Mississippi, au jus, ranch, and pepperoncinis make it Mississippi. I don't get it. Some jalapenos in there. It's just good. It's yeah, just good. It, it's delicious. I've had it before. So, so that means I was at Val's. I checked out the uh, the market there, and man, they do have a lot of different and great products. I mean. I used to work, you know, full disclosure, I used to work there a long time ago, and they never had tri-tip or beef ribs in the meat counter. Those are just things you just didn't have, but now you've got them there right ready for you to buy at Welcome Home with Welcome Home Beef. So head over to Val's Market here in Starkville or any of the local grocery stores that are carrying Welcome Home Beef products in Louisville, Corinth, Pontotoc, New Albany, Bahalia, Olive Branch, wherever you can find them. If your local market doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, call them Call your local grocery store and call Welcome Home Beef to find out what you can do to get these great products on the shelf. That number is 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Robbie and I were there earlier this week, and it was fan, or earlier last week, I guess I should say, and it was fantastic, and it just always is. I don't ever have a question or a complaint when I go to to, uh, Two Brothers. It's just going to be good every time we go there. It's just quality products, great people, and an atmosphere that's hard to beat. If you're headed to Starville, make sure that Two Brothers is on your to-do list. Grab some wings, grab some tacos, grab grab a barbecue sandwich, and enjoy yourself some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems has a two-way plan to help your business. They're going to provide you an incredible number of services, of products, of technology that every business needs to thrive to work with less problems and more profits, but they also back everything they sell up with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next-door neighbor. And that's exactly what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are a Mississippi business, first and foremost, and have been for 46 years. Put them on the payroll today and find out how your business can succeed. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The MSU basketball schedule is pretty much done. What we The only thing we don't have are the dates and times and such for the conference games. But the non-conference portion of the schedule is done. And just at first glance, this is a it's an interesting schedule. It doesn't start off like one that looks like it's going to help you in the net. But by the time you get to the meat of it, you've got some big games there. For example, the, the tournament in the Bahamas. Thanksgiving weekend. I've already put in a... I, I, I'm going to skip the Egg Bowl this year. I'm just going to go and cover this. I feel sorry for you. I think that's a good idea. I think that's going to be. I'm going to make sure. It hasn't gotten it approved yet, but I'm sure it's just a formality. Yeah, it's, I'm sure they'll be. I'm sure they'll be willing stamp. to sign that one yeah. off. 
Uh, but you're playing Louisville and likely to play Maryland. You win those two games you're, and you handle your business in conference play, you're going to the tournament. Uh, Minnesota is a good to decent Power 5 program. Georgia State has been in the tournament in recent years. Winthrop has been a really good program. Texas Tech in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, that's obviously in January. Those are all quality games for Mississippi State. The rest, I mean, there's some filler there. North Alabama, Montana, Detroit Mercy. Who? What famous coach coached at Detroit Mercy? Um, well, didn't Ernie Ziegler coach at Detroit Mercy? Uh, well, if he did, that's not who I was thinking of. Okay. Who were you thinking of? Dick Vitale. That's right. He yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, Moorhead State, Lamar, which is a, a school, not just a person. They traveled to Fort Worth, Texas, for a random neutral site game against Colorado. I think it's part of a, a, a of not it's a tournament, but it's not a tournament. And they have just like three teams out or six teams out there playing each other, but they're not playing each other. There's just one game each. Yeah, that's that's sort of random. And then there's a game with Furman uh, in the mix there, as well. We haven't talked since you've been on the podcast about basketball, about men's mm-hmm. basketball. I'm on the record as saying I think this team is going to be good. I think this is an NCAA tournament team. At the kind of NCAA tournament team that, that shouldn't have to fuss around with the bubble, that should be you know consistently in the mix. And I also have said that if it's not, that it's time to move on from Ben Howland. What are your thoughts? Just is overarching on the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean the pressure's on for him. This is one of his most talented teams. Uh, I think Paul asked him the other day in, a, in an interview if he thought this was his deepest team, and he didn't think so. Which. Um, probably correct a couple years ago that team that had you know uh tyson carter coming off the bench and guys like that Mm. that was pretty deep team but it's a really really good team talent wise and they got guys from guard all the way down to the post and the posts are versatile so you know the the pressure's on he's gonna have to win this year not only win he's gonna have to get to the NCAA tournament i i don't know if if the nit is going to do it for this fan base anymore. I think they're ready. He's been he's been a lot better than people have given him credit for at Mississippi State, considering what he took over mm-hmm. when he got here. But at the same time, one NCAA tournament trip is is not going to get the job done. He's going to have to do more than that. Yeah, I think if we go back to fifteen when they hired Ben Howland, if I said in twenty going into the twenty one twenty two season, he'd only been to the tournament once. Nobody would have believed you. They yeah, would have thought that that doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and and I do agree with your point that you know he got better each year until the COVID season. Yeah, that season they took a step back when they shouldn't have. I know losing Q and losing Eric Holman were tough, but bringing back Perry and Woodard, Carter, year before COVID. What, what, yeah, the well the year where the COVID ended the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So they, you know, they that, went, they, every year had if you look at the records, they had improved. They, every year they gotten better and better. Yeah, they went from. Losing record to 500, 500 to the NIT, NIT to NCAA. Yeah. And then, you know, they still could have gotten the NCAA tournament, but they were on but the bubble. But it was iffy. Yeah. yeah. They weren't in. They were not in going into that weekend. They were definitely in the year before. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the next year, they were going to have to beat Florida and yeah. maybe win another game after they, that. They had just lost too many non-conference games or right. games they had no business losing. And the, the thing is, they were... They had a they had a buy in the SEC tournament, yeah, correct? Yeah, they had a double buy. So they were they were pretty good in the SEC play. Yeah, uh, it was just the non conference portion of the schedule, which they, they didn't lost, have Nick Weather. They had lost that. Ter- Remember, they lost by forty to Ole Miss in Oxford that year, and just just had some bad. Which they returned the favor, but they did. Um, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. And then last year there was pretty much no expectations for that team. I felt like they performed above their head on that. They did. 
They overachieved um, at times. And now you return a good part of that team from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, DJ Stewart was a guy that you weren't expecting to lose, but at the same time, you, you filled the holes that you've lost really well. Yeah, with a, a guy that was a potential ACC Player of the Year and Garrison Brooks, mm-hmm. um, a guy like Rocket Watts, who's a dynamic player, was you know former elite guy coming out of high school from Michigan State. Uh, you've added other pieces like DJ uh, Jeffries, who was you know a guy that you really wanted coming out of high school. It's funny how Jeffries and and Garrison both ended, ended up, up here. Both State of them at the end. were heavily recruited by. So was Rocket Watts. Yeah, you know. So they all ended up here in the end, and you know we'll see how that transpires. But I, I feel like the pieces are there. And the The big question is going to be how do they all fit? Because you've got players like Rocket Watts. Uh, is he okay in his role coming off the bench? Mm-hmm. Um, Javian Davis. I feel like he's he's good with it at this point, but you know he's he's going to lose some minutes probably in the post and how how does Garrison Brooks and Tolu work together down there mm-hmm. um you know Iverson is uh is what he is so I don't think anything really going to change with him but mm. it's just going to be interesting to see how all of that comes together and how state's able to play with the nine or ten eight or nine guys or whatever that's going to get some really good minutes because they should have a pretty steady rotation you would think yeah I think you know you look back at last year. If State had done what they were supposed to do, even when the season get canceled, if if they going into the SEC tournament, they had been a lock to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, a, a top thirty net team. I think last year everybody's like, well, yeah, you lost Perry and Woodard, you know, and Carter and, and Weatherspoon. Of course, you're going to take a step back. Yeah. But because you underachieved, people expected you know were a little upset, and then. Last year was so up and down. You had some really good wins, but then you you gave away games. You gave away the game against Texas A and M here. You gave away the game against Kentucky here. You gave away. I don't. It's tough to say gave away. You lost by double digits, but once again, Ole Miss. They should have beat Ole Miss. Flummoxed them for some reason. Yeah. So, and then you and they you, beat them. Then they beat them, and then you finish strong. The people, the, Dayton, people are the just, Dayton game. The Dayton game. Yeah. Well, just hit free the, throws. Uh, there was another game, the four of the first two games uh, against Liberty. Liberty, yeah. Yeah, I think they missed a bunch of free throws. So they had Clemson. some games they could have won, but they didn't. So now people are sort of, I think cautious optimism might be being a little bit optimistic, to be totally honest with you. I think people are like, I'll believe it when I see it with, with Ben Howell. But I think he can get there with this team. You brought up DJ Stewart. I, I don't know who was advising him. Now, maybe he just wanted to leave. Maybe he's just ready to move on. I don't know. But that's a guy I re- very rarely do I feel like an under a, a, an underclassman coming back helps them because mm-hmm. usually you just put more film out, people find more weaknesses. But I think with the team he had around him, this team was going to be good. DJ Stewart could have improved his draft stock this year yeah. had he come back. So his numbers—I don't know if his numbers would have improved, but he would have became a better player. Yeah. And I, you're right. I, I think he would have got drafted next year. Not, but not sure what the undrafted. There, there I mean, I, I understand the situation with um, with Nick Weatherspoon last year. Mm-hmm. I think both parties were kind of ready to yeah. to move on. But this one was baffling. I, I don't. I know, know for what, a fact that Howland was not a happy camper that he was leaving. Yeah, I, this was a surprise to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't think people were expecting this to happen. A lot of people expected him to test the waters and then come back. But you either have to be getting some 
pretty bad advice or you're just ready to go and just start earning your living. And maybe it was maybe it was the latter there. Maybe he's just ready to go earn his living. He's he's going to be in the summer league, I think. And you know, we'll see what happens from there. It's quite likely he's either going to be in the in the G League or go overseas. Yeah. Um and listen, I'm not knocking those guys. They make some make a lot really of good money. Yeah. Um, Tyson Carter is, is making a great living, and he is tearing it up in the in the uh, overseas the Greek league, right? Something like that. Yeah. But um, he's actually, I think he's going to be in a summer league um, this year. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just uh, some guys just don't want to go to college anymore. Yeah. And I can't really blame those guys if that's the case. Then more power to him. Yeah. He's just ready to go start but his if, career. if your advice was come on out because we think then somebody did him wrong. Yeah. It feels you, like that's more what it if was. If the person was advising him like you're gonna get drafted, you're gonna be first round pick, yeah. then that was that was wrong I, of that. I person. follow enough mock drafts. I never saw him even as a potential second rounder. Yeah. You know, even with Perry and Woodard, they were consistently second round guys. Like they're gonna get taken. And Perry ended up having it, you know. He made some contributions for that Nets team. Yeah. I think Woodard, you know, is continuing to improve. That's a young Sacramento team there. But I thought Woodard could have really improved coming back for a year. I thought Perry was was what he Perry, was. Perry wasn't going to change. Yeah, he yeah. was never going to be a better three point shooter. I, th- I thought Woodard could be could have been a, a first round pick. I had think he with come back. Woodard, the pressure was could he carry the team? Could he be the alpha? Yeah, you know, if teams were game planning because he was never. Think about two years ago. When when he was a sophomore, and he was never the the focus of anybody's game plan. People were always focused on Perry, maybe a little bit of Nick Weatherspoon, maybe a little bit of Tyson Carter, and and Woodard just sort of got his points. If he came back and he was the guy, I don't know, I don't know how that would have worked for him. So. I know that team would have been a lot better, been a lot better, no question. Would've been, that would have been a smoother transition. And, I mean, he was a mid second round pick, so I don't know that he would have dropped off that much because he had a lot of why what Robert Woodard was drafted was his 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 measurables. Yeah, great athleticism, vertical leap. You know, he's a good shooter, good defender. He's got good wingspan, but I love sounding like Jay Billis over here. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. talk about the incident of boy. They're terrible. There you go. All right, tomorrow's show. Uh, we may have some more recruiting news to talk about. Have a few other things as well. We'll Do the rumblings on Thursday. We'll have an opponent preview and an SEC preview. And uh, Friday show, we'll, we'll we'll they'll be reporting and uh, we'll be talking. We'll be talking about practice, not a game, not practice. a game. But practice, man. We'll be talking about that. So Playoffs? Play- I went in a different direction. You did. You did. All right, guys. Talk to you again soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.